that was Charlie Puth, apparently, with Done For Me on Energy Groove Radio. You are on Energy Groove Radio, and the show that you'll be listening to soon is called Movie Groove. It is the groove that spews the news that you should peruse before the movie you choose. And, of course, as always, coming up in the show... Oh, there's my lovely music bed. Trump! He's completely insane, but insane is a new normal now. Yes, it's the kind of news that would have blown the scone off the popular press a decade ago, but now it's merely kind of weird and a week old. In a news hope. New movies. What's opening this week? Absolutely all. For why would you open a movie this holiday season against the mouse house? But they don't own everything yet. Find out what's left over in the trailer trash. Aussies. They don't do much, but when they do, it's worth a mention. And a mention is just what they're getting up there in the tiny town of Krakow, Queensland, in this week's edition of The Wide Brown Screen. And music. A great luminary of Aussie 80s pop has left us, but we still have his songs about gravestones, nips and berserk warriors. Stay tuned for blonde hair and violence in the sound of movies. Plus, naughty boys, expensive toys and explosive ploys this week on Movie Groove. It's what's on screen. But before we do that, we've got Muramasa. Please with it, pretty please with it, uh, Cherry and Sap King. Lovesick on Energy Groove Radio. <laughs> Muramasa there on Energy Groove Radio. Welcome back to Energy Groove Radio. Oh, we're transmitting live from the smoky, hazy city of Sydney. And all around the world, my name is Alice Lockhart, and sitting with me in the studio is the expectorant. I'm very, very coffee today, Al. Yes, everybody is. <coughs> not coffee as in not coffee as in drinky coffee. We're having some fires. Yeah, there's some fires, some climate crisis, there's, and Sydney's covered in a blanket of smoke at the moment. There's some fires. Mm. Uh, I think it's 210,000 hectares of Australia, of just this one state, burning at the moment. Yeah, basically we're all burning to death or choking on smoke. Um, and it's very, very evident in the city at the moment. The smoke's just kind of sat around yeah. the we, city. We don't uh, have that lovely sea breeze, and so it's very oh. hazy and smoky, and everybody who's got asthma is not mm. having a great time. And it's one of those things where the air pollution is that bad that it is the equivalent of smoking 34 cigarettes in a day. Yeah. So for like, those, According to the Air Quality Index. It's like Beijing. Hmm. On a you know on a bad day, I think so Beijing's can, probably better now. You can taste it in the back of your throat, sting in the eyes. And there was a guy out the front of our building who just lit up a cigarette. I'm like, mate, yeah, no, just breathe the air. Yeah, save it's your money. Free. Those things are two bucks a throw now. <laughs> you can Stop. get emphysema for free. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, no, I've got three asthmatics I think in my house, and so nobody's having a great time. No. Um, big shout out to Kate. I hope you're feeling better. Yes. Let's um, hope the Ventolin is working. I'm going to come home and give you a back rub later on. Oh, That's lucky a promise you, that girl. I'm making on Energy Groove Radio. Set it on air. No backsies. Ooh. <laughs> Just a back rub, nothing else. Not a front rub? <laughs> well, you know, we'll see where the mood takes us. <laughs> is what we'll do. Oh, no. <laughs> Why did I say that? I've got sore nipples. <laughs> Apropos of nothing. Well, the smoke does strange things to people. No, I got a new. Uh, I got a new bring. Um, oh, because you've got your nipples pierced. Don't yeah, you? Like a and I tried it, and it and it wasn't like every self-respecting forty-six-year-old. He has his nipples pierced. Yeah, so, <laughs> forty-seven. Oh, forty-seven year I'm old. I'm sorry, I, miss, I mistook that one year. 
<laughs> so anyway, um, we're not here to talk about my nipples as much as I might like to. Oh, um, I, that's a hell of a wrap there. I've never seen something so big disappear into a man so fast. I haven't eaten today, Al. Okay. And when I'm uh, hungry. <laughs> so if you hear a rustling of paper, it's because Brad's been very busy today. He hasn't had a chance to eat. This is your first meal of the day. Mm-hmm. And it's five in the evening, which means that we should be talking about movies. And speaking of movies, have you seen in our... Any movies in the intervening happenstance of whence we last ensconced upon our whenceness? No. Um, <laughs> I started watching Midsummer and then I couldn't. Mid, oh, Midsummer. Or Midsummer, yes. Yes, not Midsummer, the boring television movie where it's a tiny little village where somebody gets murdered every <laughs> week. There's been a murder. There's been a murder. I think that was Taggart, but. Oh, <laughs> um, Glasgow, geez, that's, that's breakfast. There's been a murder. We know. <laughs> we bloody know. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I started watching it and I just, I couldn't. I couldn't. It, the, there's, it's just gory. There's gore in it. There's gore and, and unlikable characters. I hear, you know, yeah, because the man in the character, he's a dick, and well, all the men in the movie are a bit crap. So it's true to life. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because men. Yeah. Because you men. Know, that's that's why I've given up on men. Yeah. So, um, look, it's it's probably a movie that's not for everyone. No. Um, but it is by the director who whose name escapes me, but he did Hereditary. Hereditary yes. was his first film. Mm-hmm. Midsummer is his second follow up. Hereditary, uh, which is great until the. Very, very last, second to last frame. And it just fell apart. Did it? Okay. Well, the, you know, the... Don't spoil it. I haven't watched the entire thing. You haven't seen seen the entire thing. Okay, Mm -hmm. right. Well, I've only seen up until the poor girl gets her head knocked off. No, I thought it was very effective right until the very, very, very end Mm -hmm. where there was something so silly that it both fell apart laughing. Oh, okay. Um, It's not quite 10 Cloverfield Lane funny, but it's there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, Midsummer. it's um, a horror movie that is set in entirely in daylight. Yeah. Um, so that's something unique so it's about it, going for it. one of those it. places and at it, the top it, of the world where the sun doesn't go down. Yeah. Mm. And from what I understand, essentially it's a breakup movie. Yeah. Um, and I, look, I'm not saying it's a bad film. It's just I don't do well with gore. And it, yeah. it, it, there's a particularly gory bit um, mm. kind of in the first third of the film where I couldn't. I couldn't. Ooh, well, don't watch Bone Tomahawk. Oh, why would I? That movie sounds horrible There's a mo- by the title. Uh, okay, so it's it's a Western, but it's one of those dirty, gritty, dusty, mm. realistic Westerns where it's not, you know, they don't make Westerns where the cowboys are heroes anymore. They're either uh, beleaguered and doomed or they're out and out scumbags. Anyway, mm. Kurt Russell, um, great movie, but there's a scene in it. Oh, my Lord. If you don't like gore, don't watch that movie. Oh, really? That's my warning. Yeah, yeah okay. Bone Tomahawk, you've been warned. Because- I can deal with, like, short bursts of gore, like maybe if someone's exploding. Oh, it's one of those things where you're like, it's just a movie. But I can't, <laughs> yeah, it's I can't watch scenes where there's long, drawn out bits of gore and people in pain and uh, very visceral things. I'm not too keen on that. That's why I like crocodile movies and things. You could watch The Green Inferno to take off the edge. It's, uh, it's an Eli Roth movie about students who go to the Amazon to be nice to the natives and they wind oh, up no. getting kidnapped by cannibals. No, I've heard about this. No, thank you. And it's intensely stupid because there's, there's over-the-top scenes of gore, but there's there's one but scene didn't they that hire, Didn't they, like, literally... Aren't they actual natives? Uh, I believe so. But there's one scene where a guy's, like, he's chained to a rock and they're pulling out his eyeballs and eating them, and Ew. he's still alive. Ew. And all of his friends are in a cage nearby watching this, and then one of the girls has an attack of diarrhea. Oh. And so there's this odd tonal dissonance, which Eli Roth obviously thought was supposed to be... Funny? Funny or something, because, you know, 
uh, like her friend is a you know a few meters away getting his eyeballs pulled out, mm. and she's there shitting him, <laughs> and it's like the sound effects like, <laughs> <laughs> and the people in the cage with her are reacting more strongly to what she's doing than what's happening outside the cage. Yeah, so it's just stupid. It sounds stupid. <laughs> it's intensely stupid. It is an Eli Roth movie, oh, yeah. so you get what you pay for. You do. Um, I've seen a few movies. What have you seen, Al? Um, what have I seen? Um, well, I'll tell you as soon as I. Get my running shoe up. I saw The Irishman, um, which is a new Marty Scorsese joint. Oh, okay. Yeah, with Robert De Niro. Yes, um, de-aged Robert De Niro. De-aged Robert De Niro in bits, um, which I didn't really find all that uh, distracting because even young Robert De Niro doesn't look like young Robert De Niro. He looks like old Robert De Niro with a makeover. <laughs> so, because if you've seen The Godfather too, young Robert De Niro is seriously, you know, he's chiseled. Mm. And you know you can de-age Robert De Niro, current Robert De Niro, as much as you like. Not he's not quite the same man he, as he was when he was yeah. in his twenties. Um, so yeah, uh, I didn't really buy the de-aging. You know, when people are calling him kid, and you're going like, he's in his, he's at least <laughs> he's, my age. He's clearly in his fifties. He just looks like he's dyed his hair. <laughs> so, but uh, eventually, I just ignored it because okay. it, the movie plays out over such a long period of time that I just didn't care anymore. Um, um, and you enjoyed it. Um, fantastic uh, movie uh, goes on a bit, but um, yeah, um, it's a Martin Scorsese movie. They're always riveting. There's always lots of stuff happening, and of course, because it actually did happen in real life, and we still don't know what happened to Jimmy Hoffa. Okay, um, I don't know if you know your history. I don't. I'm terrible at history. Okay, so Jimmy Hoffa was one of the most powerful. Uh, he ran the most powerful union in America, which is the Teamsters Union, the truck drivers. So if he said you didn't get your milk in the morning because truck drivers got to bring it. So um, he had uh, a lot of people over a barrel and he was in bed with the mob and then he went to jail for fraud and he was replaced by a good friend of his and the mob found that they were more controllable than he was and so they didn't want him to come back out of jail again. Mm. And uh, and Nixon was involved and there was the Kennedy assassination and uh, yeah. But eventually he went to a meeting and was shot and they still haven't found his body to this day. Really? Yeah. How do they know he was shot then? Um, well, he disappeared very suddenly when he was trying to regain control of the union, which is not something he would have done because he was obsessed by it. Okay. He like he said, this is my union. He considered it to be something that was a part of him and he needed it back. And he wasn't just going to go like, um, I might just go to Acapulco. No. So, yes, he was definitely killed. Um, mm. The, you know, people who were involved uh, said, yeah, he went to this meeting and he was shot. And But they... So it's all hearsay. Well, I mean, you know, he definitely died. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they just never found his body. So okay. it's one of the great mysteries. But, uh, mm. but you know, um, the movie sort of explains it, but it's according to somebody who was very old when he spilled the beans um, and uh, is dead now. So we may never know. But, right. uh, yeah, uh, there's been lots of conspiracy theories and uh, and the line is, and it was no more complicated than that. Oh. So. <laughs> but it was a good watch then. Oh, fantastic. Um, also, War Dogs. Uh, with uh, Miles Teller and um, oh God, it's still I still know him as a fat guy from Superbad. Mm. Um, yeah, I know that one. Yeah, I so can't think of his name. It's like it's like Lord of War for millennials. It's not as good. Okay, um, but it was okay. All right. Um, I watched The Meaning of Life, the Monty Python movie. My, that's and, always uh, a good, good time. Also, uh, on Netflix, there's a great uh, documentary about the whole sort of span of their career. Really, six part uh, TV show called Almost the Truth. Worth a watch if you're a Python fan. Great. And uh, I got a chance to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I'll be watching again very soon. Oh, so you enjoyed it. Oh, hells yeah. 
Really? I've, I've heard very divisive uh, reviews of that film. Hmm. Well, a satisfactory ending, I think. I knew mm. what was going to happen at the end I mean, because, you know, it had been spoiled for me. I really didn't care but at the time, but now I've seen it. I was like, oh, I wish I hadn't seen that coming because that would have been so much better. Yeah. 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 Um, I know the twist and I'm not going to spoil it in case anyone mm. hasn't seen it. But um, The yeah. twist was great. Yeah, thought, supposedly it is a, a good twist. Mm. Yeah. So um, it's a... Yeah. Um, so if you ever wondered, how are they going to make a good movie? Because nobody's ever managed to make a good movie about the Sharon Tate murders. <laughs> they say that you can make anything to a movie, but is that's the, just... Is the film kind of necessarily about that, though? I don't think it is. No, it's the film It just happens to be in the time period. It's not period. about that. It is part of the story. But every movie that's been made about the Sharon Tate murders has mm-hmm. been disastrous because, you know, they're either bad or... You know, difficult to watch and not that great. Well, that's it, yeah. Um, because how do you make a good movie out of a... A horrible situation. What, she was like 19 years old mm. and just about to pop, really heavily pregnant and begged for the life of her child. Oh, You know, yeah. she begged, she said the killer's like, please can I stay alive long enough to give birth and then you can do what you like. Mm. Um, but they were they were out of their minds. They barely knew where they were. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But so you can't make a good movie out of that. But, it has um, an Australian uh, in it. Uh, who plays Margot Charlie Robbie. Manson? Oh, Mar- Margot Robbie. I don't know if it's an Australian actor well. playing Charlie Manson, but Charlie Manson doesn't factor big in the story at all. No, but uh, he is quite a good Australian actor. I can't yeah. remember his name. It also makes you think that there's a film, uh, sorry, there's a TV series called Mindhunter, which was produced by Charlize Theron and David Fincher, weirdly enough. Really? Um, and uh, yeah, it's very good. And it's about um, the FBI uh, developing... Um, the the, for, the people who developed uh, the uh, the psychological profiling of serial killers mm. they had this idea what if we what if we interview serial killers to find out how they tick and at first people were going like why would you do that they're maniacs <laughs> yeah. we lock them away for a reason but then they found out that once they'd done that that you know it ended up being an incredibly useful resource and so they put together this TV show where they've got um, actors who put in brilliant performances and look exactly like the people that they're supposed to be. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's creepy and it's weird. And, What's it called uh, again? Uh, Mind Hunter. Oh, yes. It's really super good. And it's all based on true events. Oh, there you go. So it's extremely cool. I think someone has recommended that to me, but mm. I just haven't, I don't know. I haven't gotten around to, to sinking my teeth into anything on Netflix lately. No. Well, um, I've been, uh, I've been at home a lot mm. <laughs> <laughs> for one reason or other. Anyway, um, so that was my movie, uh, uh Fortnite. Mm. Um, Very good, Al. Let's just move on. Every week on Movie Groove, we like to check in with the latest entertainment and the movie news from all around the galaxy. This is episode 78 of A News Hope. Yes, and first of all, we've got the box office news. Mm, And in the number one spot, once again, Frozen 2. Yes. It's made all the money. <laughs> I'm um, sure it has. It made like a hundred and uh, made 130 mil in, in a three day period in its opening weekend. Two weekends in, it's already up to 288,000. So, yeah, uh, big money for Frozen 2. Um, and uh, yes. Um, uh, Elsa, they've just released a soundtrack as well for Elsa singing um, about new experiences and, you know. Um, and a, a strange new world that can only be entered through pink curtains and oh hell well it's yes it's the allegory is fairly obvious they're mm. hammering away at it but not actually <laughs> not actually out now saying Gee, the lot of um, fun for the kids 
Are your kids going to uh, go and see it, or are they not interested in Frozen? No, the boys. It's a stupid girls' movie. Ah. I've tried to say to them, look, d- just because it's a girls' movie doesn't mean it's stupid. But you know, they just well, you don't. I wouldn't necessarily call Frozen a girls' movie anyway. Well, I mean, other than the fact that the two leads are female, they pick us crap up from school. But anyway, oh. um, they don't seem that interested. And in also in the number two spot, Knives Out. Um, which is Ryan Johnson's uh, Please Forgive Me movie after making the last Star Wars movie. Oh, Nobody okay. liked, except for critics. Yeah. Um, What's yeah, so, Knives Out about? Um, it's kind of a whodunit, but oh. uh, being Ryan Johnson, there's a clever, super-duper clever twist on it. Ooh. And uh, it's got Daniel Craig and a star-studded cast. It's Christopher Plummer. Um, kind of a whodunit murder mystery, even though it's not a murder, it's a suicide. But uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Did you yeah. see the trailer for the new James Bond with Daniel Craig in it? Ooh, we'll come back to that later, oh, Bradley. Um, in the third spot, Ford versus Ferrari, which is doing very, very well for a movie of that budget. 81 mil it's pulled down so far, 13 mil in its second weekend. Uh, everybody's dad's favourite movie from now on, because um, cars <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a British car bloke and it's got mm. a southern car man. And, you know, so everybody happy. Yeah. Um, Queen and Slim, a movie I know nothing about. Yeah, I've not heard of that. Mm. And uh, number five, Tom Hanks being lovely uh, as a lovely man in a beautiful day in the neighbourhood. Uh, 34 mil worth of good feeling after its second week there. And cool. you know what? Um, I think we'll have a track from Regard before we move on. This is Ride It on Energy Groove Radio. Come on, Christine. It says remaining time zero and has done for the last six or seven seconds. That was overstayed her welcome. Well, if you're a fan, not necessarily. That was Christine and the Queens with Doesn't Matter. It's a great track, actually. Um, on Energy Groove Radio. Welcome back to Movie Groove, is what's on screen. Um, we're, uh, we're still in the middle of a news hope. Um, the news isn't good. Oh, why, Al? No, I mean, well, it's not. It's all rubbish. There's mm. nothing really happening. Um, this is news from last week. I went looking for news from this week, and there was nothing. It was just, you know, it's the end <laughs> of the year. Nobody's doing anything. There. No. Nah. You know, happy holidays. So, um, so yeah, we've 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 got uh, about a Boyega. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. Yes. Uh, so John John Boyega um, screwed up. Oh, what he do? He was getting calls from every uh, Disney person. The Mouse House was on his case. Um, he moved <laughs> from one flat to another while he was making the movie and left a copy of the script under his couch. Oh, don't do that. And so somebody found it and went. Yay, money, and immediately put it on eBay. Oh, John. <laughs> it's a, always moving apartments and I left the script under my bed, Boyega said. In that accent? Uh, not in that accent. Right. No. <laughs> no, it, more, of a, more of a London accent. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a peculiar accent and I'm not very good at it. As quoted, you might have noticed. As, uh, as quoted by Jason Statham. Um, <laughs> yeah, so no, I'll just do Jason Statham instead yeah. of John Boyega. Yeah. Always moving apartments and I left the script under my bed. How do you do that? 
How do you leave a script just under your bed? Like, aren't, when you move out... Have you never moved house before? Yes, of course I've moved house yeah. before, but I don't leave stuff behind. That's well, the point it, of moving. It was probably a furnished apartment, you know. Oh, still, check under your bed. So, anyway. Um, uh, still, sorry. so what happened? Well, um, he said, I was like, I will leave it under my bed, and when I wake up the next morning, I will take it and then move, he said. But then my boys came over, his boys. <laughs> As in... Wait, sorry. Is he talking about kids? Like his kids came over? No, he's, or... he's, he's boys. He's he's too young. To, he's not he's not in a relationship. So oh. I think when he says he's boys, I think oh, he means no. his, his posse. Oh, he doesn't, does he? <laughs> <laughs> they might have come over to smoke a bowl and oh. um, or something like, like that. Tool. Anyway, uh, we started partying a little bit, oh. um, and the script had just kind of stayed there. So a cleaner found it, put it on eBay for sixty five pounds. What? <laughs> 65 pounds. So the person didn't know the true value, obviously. Um, they managed to avert disaster. A quick-thinking staffer identified the script on the auction site and bought it before it could be sold to someone else. But yes, <laughs> he got a few strongly worded emails and some phone calls from the mouse house. Yeah. Ha-ha! <laughs> Do that again and you're finished! Ha-ha! <laughs> Black yeah, lives don't matter that much! Ha-ha! It's a big data breach. Um, um, yes. And, uh, and I, I feel... Like, it's such a missed opportunity by that cleaner, though. Mm. Like, come on, 65 pounds. Well, you don't become a cleaner because you're a genius. <laughs> it's, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I, I apologise to everybody who's a cleaner for, out, out there. My you mom's know, a for cleaner, a living, actually. But, yeah. Oh. Um, well, there you go. Well, she had no genius. And she's, <laughs> she's, a, she's a beautiful, beautiful exemplar of a woman. Yeah, she's People right. should look to her. Mm, I do. And, well, no, but everybody, not just you. Oh. The whole of Australia. Mm. Should look to Mrs. Dewins and say, "That's that's it. That's that's a light on the hill right there." Mm. Move over, Mother Teresa. Yes, indeed. Um, so yeah, that's that's a thing. Also, we have Carter off. Aaron Carter. You know who Aaron Carter is? Is he the brother of another Carter? That's that's how he's famous. He's the brother of somebody who was a an Backstreet NSYNC. Boy. Yeah, or yeah, was it NSYNC or Insync? No, it was a Backstreet. Was it? Yes, he was a Backstreet Boy. Okay. Anyway, he's like 39 or something by now. Oh. Um, he yelled at a US judge. That always works. <laughs> I find that in a court situation, when a judge hands down a sentence, if you bellow at him mm. and start swearing and threatening to kill him, then he immediately... That'll change his mind. ...changes his mind and repeals mm. the sentence and then yeah. says, off you go. Because you made your point very clearly. All solid arguments are solved by yelling. Yes, indeed. Um, he ordered him to hand over his guns. Um, uh, after issuing him with a restraining order to prevent him from contacting his sister. Oh. Uh, the troubled singer, um, and by troubled they mean he's a lunatic. Um, he's, like, he's got tattoos all over his face, which is... What's wrong with tattoos, Al? Don't pigeonhole tattoo, people. Tattoos, fine. Tattoos all over your face when your job is, I'm an actor. Yeah. Uh, well, but, he's uh, not an actor, is uh, he? Yes, he was a child star. Um, yeah, he, but he was a singer. No, his brother was a singer. He was a child star, no, apparently. he was a singer. He was Because he had a song called Aaron's Party, Come Get In. Hmm. Or Come Get It, sorry. Um, Cut that, hang not, on. That, do you not remember? That is the cover to a song called Come Get It. Yes. Yeah, that's inappropriate. He's much <laughs> but, too young so to be inviting telling me anyone to come get it. That this delightful... That delightful this little This delightful cherub, young... Well, look, Person. all I know is what it says in TMZ, which is always the barefaced truth. Mm. Um, he was left fuming uh, by the decision. He shouted he would buy more guns out of state. Um, and then he tried to leave the courtroom before he was told to sit down. Oh, um, he's been banned from contacting his sister or her family. He's not allowed to 
visit the Grove Shopping Centre where her husband works um, because he'd bought a handgun, an assault rifle, mm-hmm. and a box of ammunition, um, and then it threatened to kill his brother's pregnant wife. Oh, Aaron, what happened? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> he hit back at the claims by tweeting he was astounded by the accusations. I don't wish to harm anyone, he said, especially my family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then yelled it. And everybody thought that was definitely the truth because after he was yelling at the judge. He's 32. Yeah, or 32. He's just not aged well. Yes. Um, Look, his brother, none of his family are happy. Um, They say, in light of Aaron's increasingly alarming behaviour and his confession that he harbours thoughts and intentions of killing my pregnant wife, we were left with no choice but to take every measure possible to protect ourselves. Um, And he hoped that he would get the proper treatment. Uh, which is probably a good idea. Aaron has revealed on TV that he'd been diagnosed with multiple personality disorder, schizophrenia, acute anxiety, and manic depression. He's been prescribed Xanax, Seroquel, Gabapentin, Hydroxazine, Trazodone, and Omeprazole. They all sound very healthy together. That's a range of antipsychotics. If you need all of those at the same time, mm. um, you probably shouldn't be allowed to have a gun. Probably not. Just saying. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, um, yes, uh, the system works. Can you hear that buzzy noise? Yeah. I'm getting a buzzy noise. Great. It's not just me then. I thought I was going insane. Mm. I'm not sure what that is. I'm going to twiddle with this and see if that fixes well, it. Well, no, that's not... I don't know. I wonder if... Listeners, do you have a buzzy sound? Look, the buzzy sound is gone. Oh, no, it's back again. It's only when you speak, Al. Dang it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, it uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the smoke. The smoke's got an ear. The smoke is wrecking everything. If you can hear a buzzy sound, text us 0481 and we'll see what we can do about it. Yes. Um, our quality control staff, um, Kate, yeah. uh, is the head of that team. <laughs> yes, thank you, Kate. Um, she can contact us any old time because she's lovely. In our QA department. And, uh, of course, we have what the blue screaming for crying out loud. Hmm. Um, oh, hang on. I didn't have my thing on. Oh. There we go. Uh, now, this is from last week, but uh, yeah, uh, the, the President of the United States, you know the man with the nuclear codes? Um, you know, POTUS? Yeah, you know the man who called off the airstrike on Iran 15 mm. minutes before it was due to take place? That guy. The, yeah. the guy who basically holds the balance of the fate of the world Yes. Um, in his hands. Um, the orange guy. Yeah, he... he Last week, he posted a doctored image of himself or his head uh, superimposed on the shirtless, uh, ripped body of a young Sylvester Stallone as Rocky Balboa. Oh, gosh, really? Yes, that's the thing he did. He tweeted out an image of his head Ugh. photoshopped onto Sylvester Stallone's body from uh, circa 1984. I think it was a Rocky Three image. Jeez. So, um, Sp- speaking of very stable people. Without a caption. It's like that Facebook thing where somebody says, post this picture, but don't... but Don't no give context. anyone any context. Don't write anything. And so that's what he decided to do. The president wow. of the United States of America did that. He needs to get off Twitter. He needs to... Uh, I think he needs to stand down from his job. Um, he... I don't know. He has a very different opinion of himself than I think others do. <laughs> like People like him shouldn't... I mean, usually you're not allowed to to operate heavy machinery. Apparently he's addicted to um, a range of medications. Mm. Uh, there's a famous photo of him eating a taco in his <laughs> office. Have you seen that one of him <laughs> no. grinning up at the camera and he's got a taco on top of a, no. a pile of papers on his desk and everybody was focused on what was 
on the desk because it was like a scrapbook and it had a picture of one of his ex-wives from 20 years before in a bikini oh. or something like that. But somebody else, a sharp-eyed observer, noticed that next to him in his desk drawer, which was slightly ajar, was chock full of prescription medications that you can't get in the United States. Yeah, right. That you can crush up and snort Ugh. and cause psychosis. Um, and it can also cause slurred speech. Mm. Um, and, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, like I said, he shouldn't even be operating heavy machinery, if at all. But he certainly shouldn't be doing that job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because if I just, I mean, it, it's so weird how a decade ago that would have been worldwide mega news. What has become of the president's mind? He seems to have snapped. He's acting very weirdly. But now it's just every other week. Mm. Uh, the president was wandering around on the White House lawn with, with pasties on his nipples and... <laughs> <laughs> and a Swedish flag draped over his willy. And he'd be like, yeah, that sounds like something. <laughs> that sounds like something he'd do. Yeah. Is it wonder, Tuesday already? Oh. Um, I wonder what Sylvester Stallone thinks. Uh, of... He didn't weigh in. <laughs> he didn't weigh in. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone has made no comment. Yeah, well, fair um, And the White House did not respond <laughs> to a request for a comment. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, apparently he went for a, a what he called a physical and um, yeah, he he told he was at another one of his rally, you know, one of his little group therapy sessions that he likes to have, mm. um, mostly in the southern states. Um, <laughs> he told the crowd uh, that he went for his physical. He said the first thing, the first thing they do is take off your shirt, sir, and show us your gorgeous chest. Wow, that was he uncanny. Said, he said to the rally, "We've never seen a chest quite like it." That's apparently that's what the doctor said to him. We've never seen a chest quite like it. That may even be true. But the, <laughs> <laughs> the doctor's got like, I've never seen a chest quite like that. Nurse, cancel my other appointments. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you anyway. can take that either way, can't you? So, um, yeah, and uh, and people wonder why I can't sleep at night. <laughs> they say things like, well, you know, try, you know, you should get some, you need to get some sun every day because serotonin's important. Mm. And that, yeah, serotonin's not going to get me to sleep with that. No, not with that. <laughs> Bright age. orange clone. <laughs> in control of things yeah. but uh, but anyway um while we're on that happy thought we'll listen to the chain smokers yeah i just want to drink tequila with my friend everybody hates she me she she groove radio. the more i read it yeah the more i take yes that was um whatever that was that was he- heim 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 hi i'm heim no, I'm in it. Yes. Something that I say to myself most days uh, <laughs> after a phone call or yeah. strongly worded email. And being um, Movie Groove, uh, fun fact, the video clip for that song was directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Not to be confused with Paul W.S. Anderson. Yes, who um, makes really trashy, horrible movies. I just it, the, the movies that he makes have got so much potential, but he just always buggers up the execution. Yeah. I don't know if you ever saw one with Kurt Russell called Soldier. No. Yeah. I thought I'd seen most Paul W.S. Anderson films. Mm. It was one of the earlier ones. Um, right. Uh, before he became so confident that, uh, you know, <laughs> before just whatever. He, before he did Resident Evil mm. and um, uh, all the other ones. Yeah. So it's... Uh, I mean, it's... Event Horizon was okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Patchy special effects. So there are bits of it that, you know, I actually thought it was really atmospheric and effective. And then you get to the third act and it's... <laughs> it's pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a bit where Sam Neill, you know, he turns off all, all naked and, and hellraisery. Yeah. Goes, I've been to another place. <laughs> a dimension of dramatic pause. 
pure evil. <laughs> You're like, oh, oh, my God, bollocks. I sat through all this. <laughs> yeah, it got a bit melodramatic um, yeah. in there. But it's a cult hit. It's got its fans. Yeah. There's some very effective imagery in it. There's some gore that they had to cut out because the studio went like, ah, yeah. They no. cut out a lot Yeah, from that film. You see some of the shots that they cut out and you went like, I can, yeah, that's a bit <laughs> strong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, anyway. Um, but uh, anyway. Uh, but Paul Thomas Anderson is the good one. Yes. Well, uh, who made movies such as? The Master, Boogie Nights. Punch Drunk um, Love. Phantom Thread. Yeah, he's made quite, yeah, Magnolia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So critically acclaimed uh, masterpieces, mm. some might say. <laughs> Two entirely different people. And the video clip for that track by Haim. There you go. So uh, check out that video clip if you're a fan of either Haim or uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. And uh, and check out The Soldier if you're a fan of really mediocre sci-fi movies of Kurt Russell. Hmm. Anyway, um, Kurt Russell's really old now. He is, but that's why he's digitally de-aged in most things that he appears in now. Uh, I saw something, because he, he looks good with the beer, but then you, I saw him in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and he, he looks like he's... He he's shrinking, you know. He's he's starting to get that oh, that thing. You know how old he's men, the old person neck, really barrel chested uh, old men. Their neck seems to just sort of shrivel, but their chest stays big. Mm. He's got that thing going on. It's weird. Well, old people get to a point where their neck gets really small, and you sit behind them on the bus, and you go, "Well, I could just snap that with one hand." Mm. Not that I would. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kurt Russell plays a really good Santa. Yeah, I distinctly remember watching a movie which I think was probably just called Santa Claus or something mm. uh, with my nephew. Yeah. Uh, and I thought it was going to be a horrible, horrible film because it's Christmas and I don't like Christmas and I don't mm. like family and I don't like spending time with them and it was going to be horrible. It was mm. a fun movie. Yeah. It was good. And there you go. And uh, Kurt Russell was great at it. He mm. played a fantastic Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I would caution against, you know, trying to snack snap an old person's neck because if an old person has been strong and fit their entire lives even though they look really sort of weak and weedy and their older age they maintain muscle density really well okay well i won't try that then yeah so look at the kurt russell as santa claus he looks fantastic as santa claus it's amazing yeah yeah and the beard fills out the neck problem yeah brilliant he can climb down my chimney (laughs) you wouldn't climb over him to get to me um Anyway, uh, we usually talk about dead people right about now. Uh, people <laughs> die all the time. Um, We're a fun show. Not Kurt Russell, of course, but sometimes the dead are celebrities, and as such, they will live in our hearts forever, certainly after we have bid them a fond farewell in a bit that we call Dead for Reals. Behind the clouds, the sun is shining. There's a big blue sky waiting right behind the clouds. Well, you're dead now, so shut up! Ah, yes. And, um, well, uh, better than a couple of weeks ago where we had some deeply mediocre deaths. Uh, This week... (laughs) Deeply mediocre deaths. Well, this is the thing, is that when normal people die, nobody cares. And then somebody that they've never met before but was in a show that they really liked when they were a kid and they're like, oh my God, may flights of angels sing thee to thy rest. Yeah, Yeah. get a grip. I hope you've included the one that I'm upset about this week. Which is? I can't remember her name. Dorothy Fontana? No. A lot of love online for Dorothy Fontana. She was an American television scriptwriter and story editor, best known for her work on a little thing called Star Trek. Oh. Yeah. And Western television series. Um, she worked for a secretary as a short 
short while, and uh, and then she uh, worked with a producer who was uh, working on The Lieutenant, and that was uh, one Gene Roddenberry created that one. That was cancelled, but Roddenberry went on to work on Star Trek, and Fontana was appointed as a series story editor. Hmm. Um, she left after the second season, um, but uh, yeah, she worked on Genesis 2, Star Trek, the animated series, which, oof, wow, <laughs> that's some filmation work there. We mustn't blame the scriptwriter for filmation, hmm. um, animation work, which is wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, she worked on Logan's Run. I remember Logan's Run. Oh, it's a terrible TV show, but it had Donald Moffat in it. And he's amazing. Uh, I, I know the name. I can't remember. I can't place Logan's run right now. Mm, it was a movie and then a TV series. Watch the movie uh, okay. for fun, but the television right. series, you could leave it. The Six Million Dollar Man and Buck Rogers in the 25th Century. It's quite cheap now. Six million dollars for a man. Yeah. 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 Six million. It's, you know, that wouldn't even buy you a bionic hand. wonder what it is adjusted for inflation. Billion, six billion? Mm. Six trillion dollar man. Ooh. The $60 billion man. I don't know. That would build you a cyborg, surely. surely. They spent that much money on the 50s in a, uh, they had this, the CIA had a project. This is true. Electric Kitty, they called it. They got this, <laughs> they got this cat, um, a hardy creature, no doubt. And they literally turned it into a cyborg. They filled the poor creature's body with all kinds of uh, electrical wiring, listening devices. And oh, my word. So on and so forth. That was supposed to be uh, a covert listening device that they were going to use to listen to Russians and people like that. Oh, I'm sure it wasn't discreet, though. They spent more than $6 million on a cat. That's terrible. And then on the very first test run, it got hit by a car and killed Oh, <laughs> that poor thing. Uh, so they thought, let's not do that again. No. <laughs> Horrible people. I'm so glad animals have rights. Yeah, no, it, it's a karma thing. It was like the Russians used to train dogs to blow up tanks, mm. um, but the dogs went like, oh, <laughs> you know, they would only blow up Russian tanks. Yeah, human, human. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, she was awarded the Morgan Cox Award, which is good, apparently. I'm sure, um, I'm sure Morgan loves that. Twice named <laughs> uh, in the American Screen Artists Association's Hall of Fame. She died on the 2nd of December oh. following a short illness. She was 80 years old. Oh, bless you. And uh, next we have Greedy Smith. Well, dead. Um, you know Greedy Smith. Um, mental as anything? Yes, mental yes. as anything. He was an Australian vocalist, keyboardist, harmonica cyst. Um, he was a songwriter with mental as anything and um, a TV personality. Uh, the Mentals top 10 Australian singles include If You Leave Me, Can I Come Too, Too Many Times, uh, Live It Up, Rock and Roll Music, and uh, internationally Too Many Times made it uh, made the Canadian top 40. Mm. Ooh. Um, and Live It Up peaked at number three in the UK. Great track. Um, after it featured in the 1986 Australian film Crocodile Dundee. Mm. Uh, the music has also featured in internationally successful movies such as Young Einstein, The Big Steel, and Animal Kingdom. Yes. Um, um, great band. You can often see them playing around Sydney still. Yeah. Well, I don't know about now. But not with Gritty, no. No. Um, yeah. Oh, no, they. Uh, you would always see them. Reg, uh, Reg Mombasa, of course, mm. is the artist largely responsible for all the uh, designs that you see on uh, 100% Mambo. Yeah. Shirts, which must have netted him a tidy sum. Oh, I'm or sure it would. Fantastic stuff. The Farting Dog. Mm. Everybody loves The Farting Dog. Yes. Um, it's... <laughs> So, yeah, uh, he was uh, a very gregarious fellow, um, could be relied upon to give entertaining interviews. And so um, he hosted episodes of Countdown mm. and Sounds, uh, which was another music show for the young people out there. 
Mm. As music, they used to have these shows on television that were concerned largely with music, you see. Mm. And then along came MTV, which was an entire channel associated, concerned largely with music, and now they don't even have music on it anymore. It's very strange. No, they have reality shows. It's really odd. Mm. Um, he was also a judge on the Red Faces segment of Hey Hey It's Saturday, but we wouldn't hold that against him. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and uh, he hosted Tonight Live with Steve Vizard for a week. Okay. So, uh, uh, but <laughs> not too many times. Wow. Anyway. Um, Have some respect. Okay. He died on a Tuesday of a heart attack. Jeez. Which is a shame. That's uh, rough. So he will no longer live it up. <laughs> oh, come on. He would love it if I was taking a piss. I'm not sure, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, he was only 63. Yeah, that's pretty young. Mm. Look after yourself, people. I didn't mean to be mean. Mm. That's another song. Yes, I get it. <laughs> you can get it. And lastly, um, uh, Clive James. Well, dead. Second lastly, I have to include the one I'm upset about. Oh, I'm sorry. What are you upset about, Bradley? Shelley Morrison. Who? She's the actor that's most known of playing Rosario in Will and Grace. Well, dead. Hang on. Rosario? Is that the noisy one? No, Rosario, well, Rosario is the maid of the noisy one. Because oh, I never watched a show. Like yeah. That. So she was the maid. Yeah, she was the maid. Right, so it's a story about uh, very middle-class white people and she was the maid. No, she was the maid of Karen, and Karen's the very wealthy... Oh, mil- the, the, Chardonnay, yeah. the Chardonnay quaffing yeah. um, shrill one. Yeah. The shrill one. The shrill one. The other shrill one. That's right. Well, uh, a very shrill one and a cast of very shrill people. Mm. <laughs> But yes, Shelley Morrison, she was best known as playing Rosario Salazar on Will and Grace. She died at the age of 83, and her publicist, Laurie Diwal, says she died from heart failure on Sunday the 1st of December. Well, um, our hearts go out to her family, and uh, and they can remember her, um, you know, on La Dia de los Muertos. (laughs) Yes. Which is a thing that they'll probably... Oh, I know that actress. Yeah, you know. Yeah, she's amazing. Isn't she great? Well, not anymore. She's dead. Mm. So, um, and then finally, Clive James. Dead. Yes, Vivian Leopold James. Uh, who? Uh, Clive James? Did your mum watch Clive James? Oh, probably. Yeah, my mum did. Oh. He was an Australian critic, broadcaster, and poet um, who lived and worked in the UK from 1961 until his death very recently. Um, he specialised in literary criticism before becoming a television critic for The Observer in 1972, um, where he made his name for very wry, deadpan humour. Um, So, uh, during his storied career, he has been a library assistant, a photo archivist, a market researcher, and a circus roustabout. Very badly, apparently. As a writer, um, he has worked as a TV critic and essayist, literary critic, travel writer, and columnist. Uh, Media commentator Mark Lawson said that his reviews were so funny they were dangerous to read with a hot drink. (laughs) He was also a poet and lyricist. Um, He collaborated with uh, famous songwriters a novelist and memoirist, and eventually a TV presenter on shows such as So It Goes, Clive James on Television, Saturday Night Clive, Saturday Night Clive on Sunday, Sunday Night Clive, The Clive James Show, and many, many others. Well, he liked having his name in the show, didn't he? Yes, he did. Um, well, you know, I mean, it, it, it rings, doesn't it? Saturday Night Clive. <laughs> it's a good name for a show. <laughs> so, uh, unfortunately, um, being a lifelong smoker, he uh, was diagnosed with lymphatic leukemia in oh, 2010. Wow. Um, some of his most widely read works followed under the header reports of my death. Um, on dying, he said, 
If you don't know the exact moment when the lights will go out, you might as well read until they do. Hmm. He died last week of complications related to his illness. Wow. You know, such as uh, stoppage of breathing. Yes, uh, that can, a sharp drop in temperature. That can be a common, mm. common uh, thing that happens with death. Um, he was eighty years old, and we miss him already. That is the final bow. It's curtains once again on Dead for Reels. We'll see you on the other side of this track by Kid Ink. Uh, as soon as I press this button here, the play button. <laughs> Tell somebody on Energy Groove Radio. After Post Malone. Post With Malone. Paranoid, I think. <laughs> <laughs> He's um Spotify released their top whatever streamed albums yeah. of twenty nineteen or whatever. Mm. And I think Post Malone was number one. Oh. Well that'll be nice for him. Yeah. Billy Eilish was also in there. Ed Sheeran, you know, the usual suspects. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also there was an interesting thing on Facebook the other day. It was a graph. A year by year graph of who the top selling artist was in the world, and um, yeah, after you get to about the, the turn of the millennium, there's a whole bunch of people I'd never even heard of. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and so, probably, probably for the last five years, or at least five or ten, it's probably been Ed Sheeran or Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, well, um, Jay Z. Like Kanye didn't even make the top five, but Jay Z was number two and number one for ages. Oh. And Bruno Mars, second biggest artist, selling artist in the world for a couple of years. There. Wow. Well, there you go. Didn't I? Yeah. So you people got no taste. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> you know what? We were we can't do opening scene this week because there's nothing on. Nothing um, on. It's a holiday season. Surely there's a Christmas movie on. You don't release a movie between Frozen and the new Star Wars movie. That's just <laughs> not going to work for you. So um, I thought, you know what, instead of boring people with, you know, the movies that are opening that are not going to go and see, um, well, uh, I thought we'd take a moment to have a rummage through the studio skip bins and get a whiff of what's brewing in the trailer trash. Oh, sorry, I put your cart form oh, down. You <laughs> did it. Just like I want to do this again. I don't, I, the trailer trash intro might be here somewhere, but I can't find oh, it. Oh, don't play it. No, Um. So. We'll do this one. <laughs> Welcome to trailer trash. Let's have a conversation, Al. Yes, let's do that. Um, you were going to say something there. Well, I was just surprised we had skip bins. I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> There's skip bins out the back. Is there? What do you think's making all that smell? <laughs> I, just, I don't know. I just thought it was Sydney. Smell, there you, you know, yeah, it is. It's mm. a, a general sort of a no. The chicken bins are the bin chickens are loving it, aren't they? <laughs> they are. The and bin chickens, if you've ever been to Sydney and seen our wonderful bin chickens, the bin chickens and the pedestrian pigeons, they're like they're I loving used to, it. I used to think that ibis were such beautiful birds, but now the wetlands have all been filled in and they've got no choice but to root through the garbage for a living. They just they have this whole different sort of feel to them. Well, I thought they were incredibly beautiful and exotic when I first moved to Sydney, and then mm. I first then. Someone explained to me, no, they're quite a pest. Mm. And I was like, but they're so like, like the fancy owls in looking. Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway. anyway um, so the trailer trash, um, new trailers that have just come out. Um, if you haven't been near the internet, then you might not have noticed that James Bond 007, No Time to Die, has just come out. Mm, just listen to that rich molasses. Thanks, Morgan. I like you too. Um, yes, in the film, recruited to rescue a kidnapped scientist. So, uh, yeah, that one. 
Um, plot yes, I'm familiar. Plot 3A. Uh, <laughs> globe-trotting spy James Bond finds himself hot on the trail of a mysterious villain who's mm. armed with a dangerous new technology. This could be the synopsis to about four or five of them. Mm. Anyway, um, I do have a clip here. The world is arming faster than we can respond. Where's 007? Okay, um, I just, I don't normally editorialize like this, but yeah, uh, Britain, you're the second biggest arms dealer in the world. <laughs> so, so if the world is arming faster than you can respond, maybe stop arming them. <laughs> the world is arming faster than we can respond. He said it again! Where's 007? I need a favor, brother. You're the only one I trust for this. The world's moved on, Commander Bond. You were double O? Two years. So stay in your lane. You get in my way. I will put a bullet in your knee. The one that works. I thought you two would get along. Name? Bond. James Bond. <laughs> that was a long pause. That was a, he was milking that pregnant pause. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I thought that we were getting a different James Bond to, um, what's his name? Well, the, Daniel. the, the scuttle, scuttlebutt, is that the right word? The buzz was that it was going to be a black lady, but it turns out it's just another double O um, agent uh, in the film being played by a black, oh, she died. <laughs> Probably. I'm guessing. Um, no, it was supposed to be Idris Elba. Everybody wants Idris Elba to play Bond, except for um, clearly just, the producers. I don't know why. I just clearly remember this discussion happening quite some time ago about James Bond's actor being played by someone other than Daniel Craig. And now I'm getting Daniel yeah. Craig and well, I feel no, a bit is, ripped off. He's come back for one last uh, check. I mean, uh, <laughs> hurrah. Didn't he say that last time, though? Yes. So, uh, and then they said, we'll give you 24 million bucks or something similar. Yeah. You know, okay. We'll give you Robert Downey Jr. money. And he was like, no, all right, well, then I'm in. Yeah. I mean, he broke um, his ankle to poor little dog. Who? Daniel Craig? Yeah. Did he? We did that. And then you, you don't even listen to this show. No, I have no, no idea. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were, we were talking about Idris Elba, but the producers don't want him. There's something about him. I don't know. Um, maybe his hair. What problem with his hair, Idris Elba? Is he too handsome? Mm, maybe I don't know. Too broad-shouldered? I don't know. Too tall? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, for it, some reason, they're not all that fussed on Idris. The Elba. perfect are always ostracised, aren't they? Uh, yeah. Mm. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, that's that's a new movie that's coming out, and I was quite surprised to see this because I wasn't uh, I wasn't aware that this was coming out so soon. But I was having a look at the internet's today, and there's a new trailer out for the. Black Widow movie. Ah, yes. Is um Black Widow that Charlize Theron, right? No, 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 no. Marvel Black Widow. Scarlett Johansson. Ah, oh, sorry. What's Charlize do? Charlize. Is she in Marvel? No. Is she a superhero? No, she was in Prometheus. And she was a superhero. She was um, Aeon Flux a while ago. Ah. Uh, um, but that was bad. Yes. So uh, that really was a bad film, wasn't it? Mm. Oh, uh, <laughs> you should see Ultraviolet. Oh, 
<laughs> was that Paul W.S. Anderson? Uh, I don't think it was that bad, but it did, definitely had Miller Hovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovovov
babies come out, I will pan them on my internet blog. The Force will be with you. I'm taking an interesting direction there with a the bad guy. <laughs> Aren't they? <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> it's current. You know, you've got to update it for the kids. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the Emperor's woke. Yes. It's going to be lit. He's got a blog. <laughs> wow. <laughs> He's totally going to blog up later. <laughs> <laughs> Lightweight pussy. Um, so, um, yeah, what is being erroneously referred to as the final episode of the Star Wars saga, uh, the trailer is a predictably beautiful but empty series of images with enough Easter eggs to put Willy Wonka out of business. Well, I mean, it sounds very grandiose. The uh, It they sounds a, that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there have been uh, rumours they've been doing reshoots right down to the wire. Haven't they swapped directors a few times? Um, or is that... Solo. Well, directors, I mean, a director for a Marvel or a Star Wars movie, you're not really directing as such. It's kind of like being a director on a TV show. You just, you sort just of follow show the up recipe. If they have a question, they will ask you and you can answer it. But for the most part, the crew know what they're doing. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. Um, I see. But they've, they've been doing reshoots as recently as October. That's yes. not a good sign. No, it isn't. Um, in the trailer, though, they do have, um, what's her name? Carrie Fisher. Uh, yes. Mm. Mm. That's exciting. So they used footage that they shot for The Force Awakens mm. to put Carrie Fisher in this. Uh, so I'm sure it'll be respectful. <laughs> and, um, uh, and Not at all weird. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, I know I often say that I don't care about the Star Wars movies. Uh, it's really killed it for me. This may be the first one that I just don't bother to go and see. Um, you really? Know, yeah. If, if, You're such a Star Wars fan, though. Deep down in your soul, you are. You you I must get excited. I can still watch the originals. They're still good. Mm. But these are just, um, well, they're not being made for me. So, And they're just not very good. So, yeah, I think they're being made for you. To uh, a point. They're making them for me, but uh, like a lot of people, I'm just finding that, you know, no, nah, it's not. You, you didn't. You didn't get it. Mm. You didn't hit the. You didn't hit that sweet spot. And you know, I, f full power to them. You know, it's amazing looking stuff. But they just didn't seem to have missed the mark somehow. The difference between me and most nerds my age is that I'm not getting absolutely apoplectically furious about it. Nor am I blaming the involvement of people who have vaginas yeah. for the trouble. What and about insisting that they put people who have penises back in the production roles so that we can, you know, right the ship. Yeah. <laughs> Women, wrecking the joint. It's absolutely disgraceful. I'm off to the toilet. The, uh, what about the game that came out recently? Who cares? You don't, you're not interested in that at all? Nah. Really? Too much time investment. Oh my I've got gosh. shit to do. I can't be sitting playing video games all the time like I did for the last eight weeks or so. <laughs> I was going to say, what have you been doing? <laughs> I did spend a lot of time playing Hitman, but you know. Yeah. No. Okay. So uh, that uh, is it. That's that's the limit of the conversation. All right. Star Wars is back. We don't care. That's all from the trailer park for this week. Join us again next time because this time it's personal again. Um. Oh look, there's Paramore. She's got a track, or is it a he? It's a band for starters. Hard times. Indeed. An energy group radio. That was Galantis with Hunter. They are from Sweden. All right. Mm. Um, hitting the soundboard. What kind of hack is always dropping stupid sound effects into the work like that? I hate you. I know. 
<laughs> it's why we it's, we have this energy. We have I'm going to change your soundboard one day without you knowing. Ooh. Into what? Silence. What are the sounds like? So like, where's my soundboard going? It's just gone. All the files are gone. They're gone. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened. They just left. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, uh, still talking about movies. In fact, well, you're on Energy Groove Radio. Yes. Yes, we're transmitting live from the beautiful but smoky city of Sydney and all around the world. Uh, my name is Alice Lockhart, and sitting with me in the studio, as per usual, um, is the nonchalant. Yeah. Bradley Dunes. We're on iHeartRadio now, Al, did you know? Are we? Yeah. Well, um, it's very nice to be joined with our broadcast partners, iHeartRadio. Hmm. What is iHeartRadio? <laughs> I knew you didn't know. <laughs> iHeartRadio is the largest podcasting and streaming platform in the world, Al. Right, well. Hundreds of millions of users. If you're listening to us right now on iHeartRadio, I'm tell sorry. your friends, <laughs> tell your friends, wow, I just, I heard this amazing podcast. Um, it's fantastic, and uh, and then you know maybe we'll get a sponsor or something, mm. and we'll start making money, and I'll be able to buy new pants because these ones are old and they smell. Yes, um, help, help me. yeah, help me. So you can download the iHeartRadio app if you prefer to do that, or you can just go to iHeart.com, search Energy Groove, and add us to your favourites. It's going to be a lot of fun. Help. Maybe you've discovered us through iHeart. Welcome, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry too. <laughs> I really am. I keep coming back and doing the same thing every week and, you know, hmm. say it, think it, think it, say it, regret it. Yeah. That's, that's my motto. Yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, we are doing a, oh, that's right. Um, next up, we regale the visitors from other lands. Regale. Regale um, with a bear and a burnt piece of meat and a story about a rare beast indeed. The elusive Australian made movie. This is the wide brown screen. Yes. So, so uh, Two Heads Creek. Oh, I sent you the trailer for this, didn't I? You sure did. I, um, I, I contributed to the show. It looks like so finally my producer produced something. He sent me a link. Yeah. Well done. You're welcome. You filled out this section of the show nicely. Tick. Uh, <laughs> so um, Two Heads Creek is about a timid butcher. And his drama queen twin sister, they quit the hostile confines of post-Brexit Britain. Um, I think I've, uh, they already did that in Children of Men, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> uh, an adventure to Australia in search of their birth mother, but the seemingly tolerant townsfolk are hiding a dark, meaty secret. <laughs> and we have a clip. Settle down. This is our real mother. Mary Pierce, Two Heads Creek. Good eye, good eye. Our final destination in Australia. Two Heads Creek. You want to go to Two Heads Creek? It looks like this town is stuck in the 70s. There's something not quite right about this place, Anna. You're all gonna die! Well done, everyone. That was a drill, and you all did very well. We're looking for our mother, actually. She left us years ago. <laughs> Do you want to see anything wrong with these people? No, I just think they're Australian. You bloody <laughs> bastard! What did you say? <laughs> he likes you. Yeah. It, it sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't it? Yeah, stuck in the 70s, they said. Have they got electricity now? <laughs> um, no, I've, I've been out there. Um, mm. I lived in Forbes. Okay. We moved to Forbes in 1981. Shower population, 10,000. Mm. Today, they've got a shower population of 10,000. Oh! <laughs> 
<laughs> the town hasn't grown much. The, no. the industry, most of the industry used to come from um, the abattoir. Oh, one um, of those towns. Yes, uh, the abattoir did a lot of business for the town and the stench of it used to drift across the high school and lower the expectations of all the future booze-addled farmers. Um, <laughs> so, that sounds so, uh, so depressing. And then they closed it down. Oh no! So uh, yeah, um, so I'm I'm sort of familiar with the kind. What do they of, do for work then? Uh, well, there's uh, meth addiction, ah. filling the hospital with assault victims, uh-huh. and uh, and pimping out the family dog. Um, <laughs> <laughs> big shout out to those of you who are living in Forbes at the moment. Hmm. I escaped. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so yes, uh, 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 this apparently has been a great boon to the population of Krakow, not the one in Russia. Krakow, C R A C O W. It could be pronounced Krakow, but I don't know if you want. It's <laughs> a bad name for the town, Krakow. I wasn't, I wasn't aware that we had a uh, town named that. Krakow, in Australia. A, a tiny central Queensland gold mining town. Um, about 150 locals turned out at the old bowling club to watch the main street come to life on the big screen. Um, yeah, so that's where this film was made. The 89-person town had been abuzz with award-winning producers, directors, and iconic Australian actors for the production of the horror comedy film Two Heads Creek. So, um, it doesn't exactly fall on the main tourist trail. No. So, uh, maybe if this does some business, then, uh, you know, the, the local milk bar will fill up with a tourist or two. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. So, the place, there's a place sort of near Forbes, when I say near, but 200 kilometres, Called Caragable. Caragable. Yes. Um, it's uh, three houses, a post office, a pub, and some silos. Hmm. Uh, it's on a charming. train line, so yeah. Uh, every now and again, you would just, you know, mm. drive out to Caragable, have a drink in the pub, <laughs> go home. <laughs> yeah, leave. <laughs> um, it's that I... kind of town. So um, the film puts the town back on the map. Uh, I don't know if it ever was on the map, mm. but uh, but there you go. Apparently there was gold there for about three minutes. Um, apparently, we've had a message from Alison Lockhart. Oh dear! Is this a relation to you? Uh, that's my mother. Mm. Uh, my mother's listening to the show. This is not good. Mom. She says there is farming and tourism in uh, Forbes. I'm, I'm, are my parents listening to the show now? Oh, no. This is a disaster. <laughs> now I'm going to be called to account for things that I say. <laughs> Stop listening oh, to the show, please. He's not afraid of the ACMA, but he's <laughs> afraid of. <laughs> He's afraid of his mother. Of course I am. Have you met my mother? No. She could be very intimidating when she wants to be, but she is a lovely woman. Yes, I'm sure she's delightful. Mm, yeah, and my dad's great too. Um, so, hi, Mum and Dad. Hi, Mum and Dad. Forbes is actually a really nice town. It's got a big lake, so it's green. Lovely. They, it's where they filmed the, di- they filmed the dish. Mm. Um, because oh, yeah. The dish is famously set in parks. But not it wasn't filmed in parks because uh, way back in the sixties when I think when when they became involved in the moon landing they thought we'll modernise the town and so they tore down all these lovely old buildings and replaced them with you know glass and steel boxes. Mm. Um, so now uh, Forbes is this lovely historical little wee place and it's green because it has the lake and the river and Parks is a dog ugly shittle. <laughs> um, but hello to everyone in Parks. <laughs> there's always been sort of a Springfield Shelbyville kind of an energy between Forbes and Parks, you know, because they have a KFC and a McDonald's. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, Forbes is great. Okay. Um, you know, when they're not burning down the pubs for the insurance money, right? Well, oh, you... you can get sued for saying that. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, so what else have we got in Aussie movie news? Oh yeah, Jennifer Kent's The Nightingale has triumphed for the quartet of major prizes. 
I still want to see this film. Yeah, um, Jennifer Kent's Thriller of the Nightingale um, took home four actors. I have an actor. I don't, oh, know do. this, I don't know if this ever came up before on the show. I may not have mentioned this, but I made a film that was shortlisted for an Oscar. Mm. And we did win an actor the year after it became irrelevant. And uh, did you win the Oscar? Mm, no. No, we didn't win. Oh, that, that, I mean, that's okay. I mean, an actor is still an award. It's an Oscar, <laughs> if you will. Um, so the thriller has taken home Best Direction, Best Screenplay, Best Film. And uh, and uh, Mrs. Kent, who also produced the first woman to receive awards across all three categories for the same film in the same year. Wow, good work. And the female lead, uh, Ashling Francis- Fran- Franciosi. Wow. Ashling Franciosi received the Best Lead Actress Prize. Uh, the film follows a young Irish convict who gets very badly treated by a British officer and then chases him through the rugged Tasmanian wilderness, bent on revenge. Mm. Um so uh, a difficult watch, apparently. Um, film opens with something that's a bit of a tough sit. So yeah, look, there's going to be some trigger warnings. Yeah, um, for yeah. potential, uh, potentially um, any survivors. So there's, of there's a bit of a. Ow! So uh, a Ow. warning there for uh, uh, for some, but uh, yeah, if you can make it through the opening scenes, then the rest of it is like the road to revenge, and so you'll hang on for that. Yeah. Um, screen veteran Sam Neill. Uh, accepted an award on the same night. Um, it for, was presented. For what? It, uh, it's an, an award accepted the Longford Lyle, Australia's highest screen accolade. The award was presented in by George Miller. Mm. Uh, with tributes from Meryl Streep, Taika Waititi, and Jane Campion, among others, which means that none of those people actually showed up. Yeah, I was going to say, Meryl Streep was there? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> tributes from, which mm. means that they videotaped something in their home. Well, either they videotaped or, you know, their PR person wrote something. Yes, and um, and first AD PJ Virton. Virton. Well, you're doing really well with the names today. I'm really not. The Byron Kennedy Award he got, it celebrates outstanding creative enterprise within the screen industry, particularly for his work on Mad Max Fury Road and uh, uh, Aquaman. I started watching Aquaman. Why? Well, I turned it off. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you did. It was when Nicole Kidman entered into the picture. Yeah. Which is about three or four minutes in. Mm. I'm out. I'm out. No, Kate's, Kate's kid Noah came up with the best line ever. We came out in the movie and said, that was the best episode of Spongebob I've ever seen. <laughs> and it was, it's the same plot as Spongebob the movie. Well, minus the pineapple. Yeah. Um, you know, and... The talking have, stuff. In the scene where they discuss whether they need a licensure to drive a sandwich. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Uh, yes, that is... Uh, that's everything. So, uh, well done to Jennifer Kent. Jennifer? Jennifer Kent, uh, maker, maker of the Babadook, of course, as you remember. Yeah. Nightingale, big accolades, history-making win there. She's got actors, so do I. Um, <laughs> Welcome to an exclusive club oh, now, I have, Jennifer. And I have a photograph of myself with the actor. The actor <laughs> itself, I know who's got it. He doesn't talk to me anymore. <laughs> um, a big shout-out to Pat Sarrell. Good on you. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, that's everything. So... Uh, until next time, have a face suck of the dinkum, you bloody bush tucker Matilda, and get a battered sav up ya. Um, Please don't say that. As they say, <laughs> Ever again. As they say in Australia all the time. Oh, look, there's the wanted. Oh. Glow in the dark on Energy Groove Radio.
Welcome back to Movie Groove. It's what's on screen. Um, we're getting pretty close to the top of the hour, but you know what? I think that it might could be that time. Uh, <laughs> to structure our sentences better? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, we'll have the quiz that reaches deep into your subconscious and relives all of your worst memories of sitting in the dark with strangers. Yes, folks, it's time to audience name, name that, that stinker. stinker. Yes, Yay. it's Name That Stinker, uh, the show where we give one of our contestants a descriptor from IMDb of three movies, and they have to, audience, Name, name that, that Stinker. stinker. And uh, this week, our first contestant comes from Tasmania. This is Bradley. Hi, Bradley. Hi, Al. How are you? Well, thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right. Bradley's our carryover champion, of course. Yes. Um, you are uh, competing this week for the grand prize of the Junkie Kit Kat from the vending machine in the hallway. Mm, um, even I though am. chocolate gives you the squirts, doesn't it, Bradley? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes. <laughs> I'm sure that you have a special someone at home that you can give that junky Kit Kat to. I do not, Al. No. Oh. <laughs> well, that sounds very depressing and lonely. Let's move on with the show, shall we, Bradley? Okay, so we all know yes. the format of the show. I'll read out the descriptor and you try and guess the stinker that I'm talking about. Are you ready for the first stinker, Bradley? I'm ready, Al. Stink me up. Okay. <laughs> a half-vampire, half-mortal man becomes a protector of the mortal race while slaying evil vampires. Several seconds, Bradley. Oh, gosh. Say that again? A half-vampire, half-mortal man becomes a protector of the mortal race while slaying evil vampires. Not the bats, the mythical... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... It could be any... Is it Dust Till Dawn? Ooh, is it Dust Till Dawn? No, Bradley, I'm sorry. That wasn't the answer we were looking for. Was Blade. Yeah. Starring Wesley Snipes and Stephen Dorff. Yeah. From 1990-something. Yeah, my next guess was going to be Daybreakers, so I really didn't have it in mm, the bag an, at all. An R-rated uh, superhero movie. Uh, Stephen Dorff, who played the bad guy, he wasn't a fan of commercial movies, uh, in particular comic book movies, but Stephen Norrington convinced him to take the role of Deacon Frost. Uh, presumably he doesn't talk to Steven anymore. <laughs> uh, are they they're remaking Blade, aren't they? Yeah, they are doing another Blade. Mm. Um, oh, is it a, sorry, is it a reboot or is it a, a, just a continuation? It's a no, it's no, a... it's not. They wouldn't do a continuation. Not after the, not after Blade Trinity. Mm. Oof, not even Ryan Reynolds could make that movie good. Oh. Mm. Okay. That's how bad. <laughs> so uh, anyway, you didn't get our first stinker, but let's see if you can come up with a second one. Are you ready for the second stinker, Bradley? I, I am, Al. Okay. Going to ignore the fact that your music says audio junkie in the background. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, stunt motorcyclist Johnny Blaze decides to give up his soul to fight against Blackheart, the son of Mephistopheles, the devil himself. Several seconds, Bradley. <laughs> this movie sounds ridiculous. Stunt motorcyclist Johnny Blaze decides to give up his soul. Is this Spawn? Oh, is it Spawn? Oh, no, Bradley, I'm sorry. I'm terrible at this game. But the answer we were looking for was Ghost Rider. Yes. Oh. Filmed, filmed in Melbourne and starring um, our own mm. Rebel Wilson. Yes, actually. Um, in her very first Hollywood movie role. Uh, Nicolas Cage, of course, that mm. guy. Um, terrible. Awful movie. Right, well, now the motorcyclist thing. 
clicks in, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. So, uh, but that's uh, look. There's still hope. You might get one out of three. <laughs> Um, that Kit Kat's getting further and further away. <laughs> if you can, if you can name our final stinker and the theme that we're looking for, then uh, uh, you might just get a sniff of that chunky Kit Kat from the vending machine in the hallway. <laughs> I'm even, I'm even struggling with the theme out. <laughs> okay, so are you ready for the third stinker, Bradley? Sure, let's go. Let's go. All right, Matt Murdoch, a lawyer blinded by radioactive waste fights crime using his other senses, which have been enhanced. However, he has also attracted the ire of the Kingpin, who is determined to kill him. Several seconds, Bradley. So Matt Murdock is a blind lawyer. He lives in Hell's Kitchen. Bad guy is Kingpin, played in the movie by Michael Clark Duncan. And there's a recent television series where the same character was played by Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, Vincent D'Onofrio? Yes. Oh, no. Oh, one of Marvel's flagship characters. Is I'm it? giving you all the clues. Is it? My, oh. Who's blind? Who's blind? Oh, is it you, Batman? Oh, you're... <laughs> is it Batman? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It's not Batman, but you were close. Daredevil played by Ben Affleck in the movie. Is Daredevil blind? Yes. That's why he's the man without fear. Um, because, you know, people go like, wow, he's... Super awesome, but uh, yeah, he's using all of his senses. Essentially, he can see with using sort of radar. As really, his kryptonite is very loud noises. Like if you're having a fight with Daredevil and a train goes by. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yes, um, uh... so Daredevil from I think 1998 uh, didn't do very well. Not a great movie. No. Also starred um, the Irish guy. Um, Who's the Irish guy? Oh, Cillian uh, Murphy. Irish actor. No, uh, Irish actor, pants man. He was in pants in Bruges. Man? In what? Um, oh, Colin Farrell. Oh, that guy. Yes, he's terrible in it too. <laughs> uh, um, All of the superhero films around that era, like Elektra mm. as well, that kind of stuff, that were terrible. Yeah, terrible. well, in their big fight scene, it's funny you should mention Elektra, Jennifer Garner, who played Elektra in the movie, accidentally kicked Ben Affleck so hard in the head that he briefly blacked out. Mm. And then he woke up and said, I want to play Batman now. <laughs> um, so, and that was a bad idea too. Mm. You saw Justice League? Oh, yeah, it was, it's burned into my memory as the worst film I've ever seen at the movies. No wonder he's an alcoholic. Yeah. yeah. Is he? Yes. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, I have seen him. Like, <laughs> yes, he was being escorted from his home and he was... He, with Jennifer Garner yeah, driving Jennifer Gurley, and he, he was in the back with a burger. He was totally hasselhoffing on that burger, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, we've all been there. Don't judge. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> the midnight kebab. It's funny how foods that you wouldn't touch in a million years and you have a few drinks and you go like, oh God, I gotta have it. And you're like, get in me. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had the best kebab I ever had in Berlin. Really? Lots of Lebanese folk in Berlin. You get a good kebab there. Great. Oh, yes. Oh, look, kebabs are great. I, I think they're a great food. Mm. It's just the kebab shop that you get them from <laughs> is probably questionable. Yeah. That's yeah. all. The, the big, the the big street sausage. The, the big sausage. It's never, I don't know. You just, what do they do with that after they... I hope they like they. I don't know how long that spiked meat has been spinning around on that machine. Yeah, I'm sure Kate could tell us. She's you know she's an expert in food safety. <laughs> yeah, as well, a trained chef. So, I'm pretty you know, sure she she could probably tell us some horror stories about the big sausage. Mm. <laughs> Not that one. Oh, would you get your mind out of the gutter? My God, you're a monster. Yeah, I'm glad your mother isn't listening. <laughs> my, my, my mum and dad. <laughs> 15 years in radio, never once bloody listened to it. 
<laughs> well, and I yet mean, they get excited about seeing me on telly selling vacuums. I'm sure that my mother is at home right now complaining about the music she has to listen to while listening to this show. I, I don't know. Do we have any ABBA tunes? ABBA? Yeah, I was a big fan of ABBA. I'm sure we do have ABBA. She likes ABBA. And there might be some, I don't know, Nora Jones. Um, oh, not Nora Jones. No. No. Well, I mean, we might have Nora Jones. Just, I, I don't want to hear Nora Jones. I think she actually, somebody gave her a Nora Jones album and she went like, this is awful. <laughs> if my memory serves. Anyway, and, and dad's, dad's more sort of like, you know, your Jim Reeves and your Waylon Jennings and your Charlie Prides. Mm, he's Dolly good Parton. taste. Yes, Dolly Parton as well. If you don't like Dolly, you don't like music. Who doesn't love Dolly? No Apart one. from she is in a Netflix series, yeah. apparently. And apparently it is atrocious. Oh, well. You can't do everything well. No. She, like, she's got the kind of money she goes like, I'll be able to well. Mm. You know, I, I financed a television show. It didn't work out. Yeah. She's fascinating she to look change. at. <laughs> she's an astonishing woman. She's, I could talk yeah. about Dolly for the next hour. But speaking of music, um, we are doing the bit of the show where we talk about, well, movie music. It's called The Sound of Movies. That's how you solve a problem like Maria. Um, so, mental as anything. We mentioned Greedy Smith in Dead for Reels. Greedy Smith has left us uh, in the last week, which is a real shame because he was a great gentleman. Uh, a sudden heart attack has felled the man at the ripe young age of 63, which is not old. It's a terrible, terrible shame. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, his band, Mental as Anything, uh, they're a big mainstay in the 80s. Uh, uh, they've been amazing for many years. This is one of my favorites from their catalog. Uh, this is, I think, from 1982. Anyway, mental, Greedy Smith with Mental as Anything with Berserk Warriors. And until next time, next Thursday between 5 and 7, when we fill up your world with more movie madness, please do enjoy your lives. <laughs>